Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? I have a nice, big, steaming <laughs> mug of coffee. Actually, it's a latte. I don't know why I called it coffee. My brain just like shut off again. and <laughs> Your brain's like, must need caffeine. <laughs> More coffee, please. Caffeine. What are you drinking over there? I have a large cup of coffee as well. But mine's actually like coffee. Um, and it's in my cat finated mug. So there's a cat looking pretty <laughs> spastic on it. I love it. Yeah, I got it for Christmas. But I am my coffee is very special because it's Death Wish coffee. Mm. And it's my new favorite coffee. Um, and it is the world's most caffeinated coffee. So since we're recording on a Wednesday at like eight in the morning right now, um, you know, I figured I'd I'd bring out the good stuff since I can't have alcohol since I do have to work today. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have described my mug. Uh, my neighbor hand through my mug Ooh. and then put a goat on it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm drinking out of a goat mug uh, in celebration of new goat babies. Yes. I don't have a goat mug, so I guess I should have planned better. But I can pretend this cat is a crazy baby goat (laughs) (laughs) i mean it works yeah i mean goats don't have claws that's true Um, they have they have cute little hooves that's right it's early in the morning please forgive us yes we're like still snoozing (laughs) 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 but hey welcome to we drink and we farm things and uh that's bev over there And that's Sam over there. And this is the Farm Comedy Podcast that is happy hour for your ear holes. Yeah, we drink adult beverages, talk about farming things, and give zero clucks about having the perfect farm life. That's right. So we don't, like, not want our farms to be full of good things all the time, but the realities of farm life aren't always rainbows and sunshine. We like to keep it real with you and have discussions that include the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, we try to entertain you, (laughs) and sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related. And uh, speaking of tangents, we like to record them as like a BS session and throw them up on the Patreon, Uh, but we didn't do one today because it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Do I have to say anything else about that? Yeah, and it's Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so you can check out previous re- previously recorded BS sessions over on patreon.com slash drink and farm. Bev also put some fun outtakes up there. Um, but the BS is for everyone. The outtakes, you do have to be a Patreon supporter to get access to those. So go over there and check it out. Yeah, and uh, while you're there, uh, if you do decide to join our Patreon at the $5 level and above, we're getting ready to send out our little thank you gifties for that. So if you've been thinking about supporting the podcast, now's a good time to do it because you'll get something sweet in exchange. Uh, We'll be sending them out like mid-April-ish. Yeah, um, so that'll be a great time. Uh, I always love sending our listeners little gifts because it's a great way to thank you for being supporters. And uh, speaking of our supporters, our drinks this episode are sponsored by Ashley Kiernan, which is at Ashley Kiernan on Instagram. So cheers, lady. Yes, cheers. 
oh my god we're just gonna like skip all the bullshit that we usually put like before the episode <laughs> and we're gonna get right into this baby goat thing yes i mean does everybody agree I, if listeners could answer me i feel like they'd say yeah yes baby goats i mean if you're in our facebook group um you saw pictures and some videos not of the actual birth that Maya had because it happened so fast, but um, you saw pictures of like, you know, the the goat that I now refer to as Eggsy Be- Benedict. Um, you saw him <laughs> and mom because I thought he was going to be the only one, but then I got a surprise, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so if you're in the group, you've seen that we have baby goats um, and it was pretty crazy experience. This was our first... I wouldn't say our first birth on the farm because, you know, we've hatched chicks. We've had baby bunnies a couple of times, but I don't know. This one feels different because it's a larger animal. And yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. And I feel like the bigger the animal, just like the more intense it is, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I feel like if we had horses and I watched a horse give birth, that would feel even bigger than this in some senses. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're kind of like, they're obviously different, but it's all kind of the same. And it's kind of amazing to, I mean, I haven't pushed a human out of my body, um, but I, I, you know, have seen things in, in health class videos and, you know, I've, seen I've, I've heard things from people about how that goes. And it's kind of funny that, you know, for every like human birth, they're all different. Same for goats, apparently, because... You know, Maya, she, I, we didn't feel her ligaments anymore on my birthday. And I like freaked out because I was like, shit, I am not prepared for this right now. I thought we had a couple weeks, <laughs> but this is awesome. Maybe I'll get baby goats on my birthday. And within, I mean, Matt didn't feel her ligaments that morning. So it could have been just within like 16 to 24 hours. We had babies but we have a hostage situation going on as of this morning with Diana. I couldn't feel her ligaments on Sunday. And she's still holding them baby's hostages. Just in her belly. She's sleeping right now. That bitch. I might need to come over there and give her a pep talk. Come on, Diana. Give me those babies. I want to hold those babies. Uh, but yeah. So, you know, even just... Obviously, Diana hasn't fully gone through her birth yet, um, or her birthing, her laboring, her situation isn't complete yet. So, and already they're so different. So I thought it would be kind of fun to go over things the internet tells you to watch for, or what to expect when your goat is expecting, um, because I thought it'd be kind of fun to go through, like, what a couple articles said you can look for and what actually happened and how it presented in Maya and what how I'm kind of confused about Diana right now. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun um, because I think uh, what we're going to learn is that um, there are a lot of stories out there about like farming things and how farming things happen, um, but they're presented as like absolutes when... Um, it turns out it's just not so absolute, just like people, all animals are different. Right. Exactly. So 
with Maya, um, we actually would get up every like hour and a half, two hours um, that night because of course we couldn't feel ligaments around like 4.30. So we checked on her a couple of times before bed and then we checked on her at like midnight, 1.33 and then I went out at 4.45. And it's so funny because we'd go out there and she'd just be like standing there in the same spot looking kind of focused um, but until it was like 4.45, I didn't see any um, mucus or long, clear strings of goop, as the internet says, <laughs> coming out of her. Unt- that feels like a good way to describe it. Yeah. So that's kind of like one of the signs for sure is the ligaments are loosened, which when I say that, that means you can run your fingers down the spine to the to the head of the tail or I guess to the base of the tail is probably more appropriate. Um, And when they're not in like pre-labor getting close, it feels like there are pencils on either side of the tail. They're pretty prominent. Um, So we'll link to a couple articles in the show notes because a couple of them have pictures of what, where to feel for those. And you can also like YouTube it because that's how I learned. Um, So you want to make sure you're like feeling for those probably doesn't hurt to start now, even if your goats aren't pregnant, just so you're super familiar with how that feels. Um, and then definitely a couple weeks before kidding, uh, check those out. So Maya lost hers and then she went pretty quick, but apparently they can start softening and become harder to detect a couple weeks before again, just very different for everybody. Yeah, so you can check for the pelvic ligaments. Um, Obviously, their udder will start bagging up, but even that is kind of tricky. It's funny because earlier in the day, like, Maya ran by, and I was like, wow, her udder is looking, like, super full. And then, like, a couple hours later, we were like, oh, crap, okay, time to go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if, and apparently, like, it's customary to, like, shave the udder and like the backside before birth, probably because it keeps things a little cleaner. Um, that's not something we're doing right now, but if it's, if the udder is like shaved down, it might appear more like glossy or shiny, um, as well as full. So those are a couple of things to look for. Um, and then like I was saying with Diana for the mucus or the long clear string of goob, um, (laughs) (laughs) Goob. <laughs> hanging from her uh vagina um it was de- i would describe it as kind of like clearish and then i read on the internet that if the goop is amber it's amniotic fluid and kidding should happen very soon but hers never really turned like that ambery it was more of like a little like blood colored and then okay I could tell she was, like, contracting because she was just kind of, like, she wasn't yelling. She was just, like, breathing kind of hard. And she almost was making sounds like she was annoyed, um, (laughs) which is totally understandable. Yeah. Um, And and then, like, all of a sudden she starts, like, yelling. And then I see, like, a hoof, like, (gasps) just kind of, like, peeking out a little bit when she pushed. It wasn't like fully coming out. So I like ran in the house to wake up Matt. And I was like, you have to come out here. Oh my gosh, she's pushing. And then I ran back in like literally two minutes. And like 
as I'm like walking around the wall to get back into her part of the barn, she pushes one out. Oh. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's a baby. And then, <laughs> you know, she's kind of like chillaxing for like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, there's this thing coming out of her. It's like, oh, uh, but, and, and I assumed it was like the, the sack, you know. The placenta. Yeah. I assumed that's what it was, but it was actually the water bag. Oh. Um. So clearly I knew nothing about what I was looking at, which is fine. Um, but when the dough starts pushing, you might see that water bag first. And then the bag might burst or it might come out intact. And then a second bag might come through that's like a darker fluid. Um, these bags are like the amniotic fluid. And that's what surrounds the kids and protects them until it's time to give birth. And um, typically <laughs> those things come out first, I guess. But the sack came out second. And then she started pushing again. And I was like... Oh my God, that's another baby coming out. Um, and then waffles came out. <laughs> and I went, Oh my God, you're so cute. And if you haven't seen a picture of waffles yet, um, we'll put it up on the Drink and Farm Instagram when this episode drops. He's really stinking cute. Um, his coloring is really neat. And he came out completely in his bag, which was Ooh. really bizarre. Because he came out and I could tell he was fine, but I worked on like getting his nose clear so he could breathe. And then I put him over to mom. And then like literally five seconds later, tater tot came out. Um, <laughs> and the <laughs> reason what you named them <laughs> for all the food names is because our fr- Maya means gravy in some Nigerian language. And then we also have biscuit, which is her her weather that came with her. Um, and they were our first goats. So I was like, I have to name them kind of breakfasty foods because it's yeah. only fair. Um, but yeah, so they came out quick and then I saw the larger like placenta and stuff come out. So, so things kind of happened a little out of order. I think Tater Tot actually came out butt first, but that Ooh. was okay because he, Came right out. She didn't have any problems. So they can come out butt first. Um, and as long as they're not having issues, like they're not stuck or mom's not pushing for an, a really long extended period of time, it's absolutely fine. So it's like if it's been like 20, 30 minutes and she's pushing and nothing's happening, that's when you might want to like kind of put a glove on, lube up and go in there and feel what's going on. Um, yeah. But most of the time it's they can take care of it themselves. Um, and, you know, sometimes they surprise you and give birth and, like, you're not even there. So, and, and they do perfectly fine. So it was really nice to see kind of it happen out of order because then I know that it's not going to be, like, a, a standardized process every single time this happens. Yeah, which is so hard because, like, you want to plan ahead and have all the things ready and do all the things right and then you're like well all of this plan just went to shit (laughs) (laughs) right exactly some other signs that you can look for when your goat is expecting um and it's go time so things get kind of puffy down there um and also the if you look at like the back end of a goat near the vagina and 
butthole area. <laughs> it feels kind of weird. That thing's staring at me like all the yeah. time every time I go out to the ghost. Yeah. So, yeah. so you notice like everything's kind of like wrinkly and tight, right? So when it's time for things to loosen up, it gets a little more puffy and like you don't see as many wrinkles anymore. It's because it's like relaxing and expanding to accommodate for the exiting of the kids. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. And, you know, if you have goats, you'll recognize what Sam's talking about. Because if you've noticed your goats go into heat, um, I just saw it for the first time the other day. <laughs> so now I know what to look for for heat because like two of them are running ahead and I was like, <gasps> something doesn't look right. And I went up and I was like, oh, their vagina is just really puffy. And there's like a little fluid coming out of it. They must be going into heat. So I marked it on the calendar so that now oh. I can be watching for it. Yeah. I wonder if they have an app for that. You know, like how you can track your cycle. There's apps for humans to track their cycles. <laughs> yeah, there should be an app for, for goat tracking cycles. If not, someone steal it. Do it. <laughs> We're full of ideas. <laughs> yes. And there's just no time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, outside of things getting puffy down there, you might see your doe kind of going off by herself or getting restless. Um, their appetite might go down, but sometimes, you know, they can eat right up to when they give birth or they might even have a snack in between uh, pushing out kids. I've read that as well. Um <laughs> And then sometimes the doe, does become more vocal in general. Um, other things would be like pawing at the ground. So I definitely saw this with Maya when after she had mucus. She was pawing at the ground and kind of making almost like a little nest for herself. And that is where she laid down and had the kids. Um, I've noticed Diana pawing around a little bit. So I have a suspicion of where she's going to lay down. But with her at this point, I have no clue. Because I think she knows there's a camera in the barn now and she's doing things that she know will, will like make me come out and check on her. Uh, she's so smart. I'm fairly certain because like last night I thought she had like a really big contraction when I was watching her at like nine o'clock. I was like, I should go out and check on her. No, no. It might have been the kids like getting into the position, but it, it just looks like such a big movement that I was like, oh. <laughs> Not there. she's just like I give her some food she just starts eating I'm like you're such a bitch but I love you <laughs> um, another thing I really noticed with Maya was that she did get even more affectionate and she started like pushing her head against like the wall or a fence or even like my leg um, and those can be signs of um, pre-labor and you could also have like the opposite happen where the doe is more afraid of you, especially if they've always been kind of skittish, like they're going to even be more wild or they might turn around and just be affectionate all of a sudden. So it's kind of like just keep an eye on the doe and you know her personality. And if you're saying things like she's never done that before or she is acting weird, like that could just be it. Like the only sign you might get is that she's acting weird you might not get like any of these. Like I've, I've even read people saying, oh yeah, the doe was eating like 20 minutes before there was no mucus. I thought I had plenty of time. I'd go back outside, you know, a couple, like 20 minutes later and there's babies on the ground. So 
So I would definitely recommend, um, if you can, getting some kind of camera in your barn if you don't have one. Um, and the way we are making that work is we have a phone that's just a hotspot. So that one is outside right now um, in the barn. So the webcam can hook up to that. And then we have an app on our phones and on the iPad that um, gives us the feed for the camera. And then we've been just using the iPad and our phones as hotspots if we need internet in the house. Um, so that has cut down on how many times I actually have to go outside. And for Diana, I just set an alarm for like every 90 minutes to wake up in the middle of the night and kind of watch her for a few minutes. And then I just try to go back to sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're like exhausted over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we thought Sunday morning, like I wake my husband up at 8 a.m. And I tell him we have to build another door and we have to put Diane over there like now. And I made sure all the towels were washed and like I got the puppy pads ready for this time. And I washed the sweaters for the newbies. Um, I was like so ready. And now it's Wednesday. And she's <laughs> napping. <laughs> and she gives zero bleeds. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> exactly, because she's sleeping great. <laughs> New mama's got to rest up. <laughs> yes. No, that is good. And I'm making sure she's got plenty of minerals, baking soda, water. We've, you know, she's she's got her own space. She's like at Club Med right now. That's awesome. So I'm curious about the hotspot and the cameras. Does it use too much data to send the video over or? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I have no clue. And we have unlimited data on our phones. So it can kind of slow things down after a certain threshold. But we use so much data anyways um, that we're not really having a problem with the feed too much. Sometimes it'll like disconnect, but then it'll reconnect right away. And that's not very often. But I also considered getting like a Wi-Fi extender and trying that. Um, but I just don't know with how far the barn is from the house. So we've just been keeping the phone out there for now. Yeah, that's really tricky. I have um we use uh, Google Fi for our cell phones, so we don't have unlimited data. Like oh. between, um, the, we have three phones because we have a teenager. Um, between all of us, we usually use only about like six gigs a month. Wow, because it charge us like ten dollars per gig. Um, but we're home almost all the time because we all work from home, and you know, Aran goes to school, but he doesn't get to use his phone while he's there. So. Yeah, so we hardly use any data, but um, my new car has cell service. Oh. <laughs> it's like its own cell service. So I'm like, I might have to like go park that like in the, but you, you know, you can't leave it running. Right. That's how the cell phone, you know, tower pops up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to figure something out for a camera when we get there. Because our barn is so far away from the house. Right. I'm like, yeah. And going out there is, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, definitely next time I do this, I'm going to breed during warmer months um, <laughs> because this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we've taken extra measures to make sure, like, all the holes are filled in the barn and draft so it's not drafty. And, you know, we'll get into, like, how we're keeping the babies warm in a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, it just the outside and it was so windy the night that or the day that Maya gave birth that our trampoline was like blowing away across the yard because oh. we never broke it down for the winter because we're lazy like that. Yeah. And I, I just hate that that thing is in my yard because it screws up my pictures, but the kids love it. Like my, my human stepkids love it so much and it's a great way to keep them entertained that it's like fine whatever yeah but I can't like hide it behind the barn because then I can't see what they're doing because I just yeah you can't make sure nobody's like launched the other one off right or that nobody's broken something and we don't have to go to the ER you know Um, yeah so we had to like and it was so muddy because it was like 40 degrees out and then it dropped like tremendously but we had to like in the middle of the night take the trampoline, drag it over to a tree, and tie it to a tree. Oh, it was like oh that windy out, so we really made sure like it was not drafty in the barn for those babies. Yeah, you know, I always wonder why. I mean, there's got to be a reason why people breed to have babies in January and February. But I feel like every year I see, you know, everybody's like really concerned about the new babies in the middle of because you know we had the polar vortex a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. We keep having like wild temperature swings. It'll be negative 10 here and then it's like 60 the next week. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I have I personally have no reason to have babies in January and February. So I think I'm going to try to att- intentionally breed for, you know, March through June and then September through November. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's like operations that are that have so many does that they breed that they just space it out maybe oh that's totally a possibility ours was just because toot broke in to (laughs) the ladies area and did what he wanted to do and i i i remember distinctly the second time he broke in so i'm thinking he got maya the first time the second time he broke in i went oh my gosh, we're going to have Valentine's Day babies because that was the calculation. So I wouldn't be surprised if this bitch waits till tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And when I call her a bitch, I mean it in the most loving way possible because she's adorable. But yeah. And, you know, so I might have to see if I, I don't know. She better not give birth while I'm at, like, physically at work tomorrow. If she seems close, I'm going to be like, I'm going to stay home today and work from home. (laughs) I'm glad that you're venting your frustration of, like, you know, not being able to have the control of when things happen. Because it's just so true. Like, you know, you mark it on the calendar, you have everything ready, and it just, it's another reminder that, that you're not in control of this. Right. And you know what? She's going to have them when she's ready. And as long as like, and because I don't know exactly when, because I saw her get bred at Aslan's birthday party, which was like the end of September, which lands for like. At a birthday party? Yeah. (laughs) All the kids are like, ooh. A little, a little education. Um, And based on that date, it should be like the end of February. So I'm wondering if Toot did get her earlier than I thought. Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah. Or or she just, you know, taking her sweet time and just wanted her own birthing suite, kind of like Maya, and was faking it. <laughs> <laughs> She's faking it. She's like, get me away from these boys. <laughs> <sighs> 
In the Midwest, the weather is all over the freaking place this time of year. It's either a polar vortex or a total tease for spring and sometimes in between. Right. And this means the bugs and stink are kind of all over the place too, which is why we use First Saturday Lime. First Saturday Lime is an organic, safe, and effective pest barrier that helps keep bugs at bay. It can help put a stop to the stink in your barns and coops and can also help prevent algae growth in your water dish. And I feel so good about using First Saturday Lime in the barn because it's super safe for all these new bouncing baby goats. And First Saturday Lime isn't just for the farm. You can use it on the perimeter of your home to keep the nasty little buggers from creepy crawling into your house too. We use First Saturday Lime on our farms and we can't live without it now. If you go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code DRINK at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order for a very limited time. And you're still not sure what First Saturday Lime is? Make sure that you check out our mini-sode with Jessica from First Saturday Lime called Drink and Lime. We promise you won't be disappointed. Jessica is hilarious and you'll love learning about lime while having a few laughs. So, you know, now I had all this cuteness in front of me and I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Because I was clearly not really prepared for this. Um... Like, I had my stuff together, I had extra towels, like, I kind of felt like I was prepared. Uh, Like, I was prepared, but I wasn't truly prepared. So after they were born, I let mom drive them off as much as possible, but we did help with some toweling off because it was freaking freezing that morning. Um, You do want to let mom lick them clean as much as possible because that's how she gets to know their scent and that's when they bond. So we helped a little bit, but not like all the way. Um, And then you want to make sure they get that first milk or the colostrum within like at least, they say 24 hours, um, ideally within six, but Our babies stood up pretty quickly, I would say within an hour. Everybody was kind of up and moving and had taken the first drink from mom. And we were kind of helping facilitate that, I think mostly just out of paranoia for myself. Um, I just wanted them to know, yep, you go over here for mama and she'll give you what you need. So we were able to see them drink a couple of times within the first 24 hours and that made us feel a lot better. Well, and it makes sense that you intervened just a little bit to make sure that they got the milk and colostrum that they needed um, because she had three and goats only have two teats. So like, you know, that can get a little tricky to make sure that everyone gets a turn. Right, exactly. Um, And the last one that came out of her tater tot was pretty small. So I did want to make sure like he was getting his fair share and he wasn't getting pushed out of the way. Um, And that's something that I still check for. So you can feel their bellies. If you haven't seen them physically get up and drink, Um, you can feel their bellies and they're supposed to be like kind of firm and full, not squishy and not like empty. So I just do those checks every time I go in just to make sure everybody's doing good. Um, You can also bring in a little scale and weigh them and make sure they're all gaining weight kind of at the same rate. Um, And funny thing, uh, Maya, if if you didn't hear every time I said him or he, Maya gave us three boys. And I guess (laughs) boys can be a little more pushy with um, getting their milk. And sometimes they 
overdrink, which can ca cause some scouring. Um, so you just want to keep an eye on that too. And then you can do a little bit of separation if they're just like chugging, like they're, you know, at a frat party, <laughs> you can kind of just put them in periodically, but you can definitely Google that if you're having that issue. I have seen them all pee and poop multiple times, so I know they're good. Um, but baby, like super baby goat poop is kind of like a yellowish, like calf shit color. Yeah, I um, describe it um, like a, so newborn babies that are breastfeeding have poop that's that same color. It's like that yellow stone ground mustard look like colorish. yeah 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 and it's yeah, not... it doesn't look like it because it's not all mushy right it's supposed to be like runny yeah right and it's not like the adult ball poops that you see it's kind of like no, ball ish but it's more like in a clump yeah it's like a ball log <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> exactly um but yeah so um you want to make sure they get that first couple of drinks and then you have to clip the cord apparently um actually you don't have to i did see maya starting to like kind of go after it um but they have their umbilical cord like hanging from their belly and some of them have really long ones some of them are a little shorter but what you can do is take some dental floss and like an inch below their belly tie it off really tight and then snip under that and then you're going to dip it in iodine, which dipping it in iodine was kind of tricky. So what I did was I bought Vetresin um, Plus 7, I think is what it's called. So it's an iodine spray. Um, oh, okay. So we can link to that in the show notes. And um, you don't want iodine to freeze either. <laughs> and we let the first bottle freeze. So that was our bad. Um so I just went ahead and got the spray just because it stinks so bad and it like stunk up my husband's gloves really bad because um, I accidentally spilled it on him a little Aww. bit because um, <laughs> I like bumped the baby goat and it just, yeah, it was a yeah. mess. Um, so I got that for just Maya and then we'll just have it in the house and it's going to last us for forever. Um, but that was a little unsettling to me to actually like clip the cords. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm cutting off something from this baby. This is so weird, but I, it was fine. I don't, they didn't even really fuss or anything. Yeah. I was going to say, he probably didn't even notice. Mm. Yeah. He was more annoyed that I was picking him up, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or that Matt was picking him up. Um, and then like I said, mom can do that too, but you don't want to run the risk of that area getting infected. So we did intervene and just take care of that. And then we just dipped in iodine twice a day for two days to make sure it was good. Um, and then it, it'll eventually fall off. Um, other things that we've been doing is just keeping an eye on the babies and mom. It's super important not to forget to keep an eye on mom. Um, she might be having some bloody discharge for a couple days after because she's just, her, her system's cleaning out after the birth. Kind of like, sorry guys, if you didn't know this, kind of like females do after they yeah, get birth to like humans. <laughs> yep. um, so it's not super alarming if you see some bloody stuff coming out. The placenta can take like up to 24 hours for her to fully like give birth to. Um and then a couple days after you might see some discharge and that's okay. As long as like she's not pouring blood for 
no apparent reason. Um, she's probably fine. We did notice though, because we've been like keeping the door closed. Um, and we did have a little like electric heater in there because it was so cold the day they were born. And then the temp jumped up to like 40 and then it dropped back down to the teens. We did keep an electric heater from TSC in there and it looks like a little freaking fireplace. So my, go my goats look so bougie. Um, <laughs> but we have another um, heating source now that they use. But we had that going for them. Um, you got to be really careful with that though because we kind of had an oops. We opened the door so the boy goats could run outside. And Maya was standing super close to the wall near that opening and then she chugged a bunch of cold water and then she started shivering like kind of mm. violently for a while so I like kind of freaked out um because that could mean either she's just acclimating to the temperature drop or you know it was like two days after she gave birth so I was like this could just be like hypoclampsia or whatever and I like kind of started freaking out and then I googled it and I was like okay it's probably not the more serious things so I just took her temperature and it was like 100.2 which is just like a little low but we gave her some warm water to drink or actually we gave her some hot water to drink I should say and then we just put her by that little heater and then she was fine in like 30 minutes oh good yeah and we made sure she just got she got some extra grain then too and um, we ran out and got just straight alfalfa hay and like, yeah, she was fine when she loaded up. I think she just kind of was crashing a little bit because she's feeding three babies. It's her first time. Like we weren't totally aware of how much grain she should be getting. Um, so we definitely upped that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of scary a little bit. So you definitely want to keep an eye on everybody. Yeah, goats that aren't pregnant and aren't producing milk, like, nutrition-wise, they're fine just, like, grazing and getting a little hay. They don't even need grain, per se. Like, grain is just sort of like a treat to them. But mm -hmm. does that are in milk, they need that energy to make the milk. Right. Um, just like nursing moms do. New moms need, you know, to have, like, full nutrition in order to great healthy milk for babies so it totally makes sense right and i like googled like one pound of grain equals three pounds of milk and with how much those little ones should be eating we've been doing a little over a pound and like she it's surprising she will stop eating if she's full and just come back to it later um same with the hay like she just goes to town on the hay um Oh, but something that you might want to offer your doe after she gives birth is some really hot water. And we mixed in electrolytes, um, like goat electrolytes, or you can do molasses um, because that's going to give her that energy boost to kind of keep her up and moving and feeding the babies right after she gives birth. Um, it's amazing how hot, how much they can tolerate hot water. Like, it's, like, scorching hot, and she, like, chugged a whole bowl. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so definitely want to go get mom that if you can after she gives birth um, because you want them to be hydrated because milk is mostly water. Yep. You know, I want to go back to her placenta. I was curious. Did she eat it? Um, It 
kind of came out in like bits and pieces and she was okay. definitely like licking around the areas where she gave birth and where most of it landed. Okay. Um so yeah, we let them or we let her do that. Some people don't because they're afraid they're going to like choke on it. Um but with the way hers came out and I I just wasn't really worried. Okay. Yeah, I was curious. I you know, cuz they're they're not meat-eating animals, but um you know, cuz they're ruminants, but um yeah, I was wondering if they ate their placenta. Mm-hmm. I'll have to Google that. They must. It seems like they do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She she picked at it, but we also like have been fluffing up the hay and stuff in there too. So it's like I don't know like how much she ate. Probably quite a bit because you know yeah we have this camera on her, but it's not like I can sit here and stare at it all day all day, even though I would like to. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so I see you have some questions here. I do. Oh, yeah, uh, goats totally eat their own placentas. Sorry, I had to Google that. That's okay. <laughs> Just because I was curious. I realized until you talked about it, I didn't think of that. Um, so, yeah, I know that you and Matt took turns checking on Maya and installed a camera. What what kind of camera was it? So I know we already talked about how it worked in the barn yeah. um, with the Wi-Fi, but, but where did you get the camera? Um, I think it's called Black Label Cam. It was a Groupon buy from like four years ago when we lived in a city and wanted something in the house. Um, so I don't even know if that still exists or not because it was like a buy two on Groupon thing. Um, we have no clue where the second one is. So we just had the one camera, the one camera and it was in one spot so we could watch my inner babies. Now it's in a spot where it like can swivel and see both into Diana's pen and Maya's pen. Um, but yeah, I th- it wasn't very expensive, um, from what I can remember. But yeah, it works pretty good though. And it's got this fancy little, like in the app, you can do like presets of where you want to go with the camera angle. So I have like five, um, five presets for where they mostly hang out. So I can quickly go around so I don't have to just keep swiping to move the camera. Oh, that's pretty cool. So you don't have to be out there to move the camera. The oh, camera right. moves on its, yeah, it moves Through, with the app. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty handy. Yes. All right. Maybe I'll do a little research and link to something that's like that if I can't find something that is that exact thing, because um, I didn't realize that that was an option. So mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed that in the barn where the babies are, you have something that looks kind of like an igloo, it's like glowing red. What is that? <laughs> it's a spaceship. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It, to me, it looks like a spaceship. Um but it's actually a garbage can flipped upside down with a like uh, an ovalish opening cut into it. Um, and then we drilled holes around the top and cut out the middle of the top, or I guess the bottom. It's the top because it's flipped upside down. Um, yeah. And then put a heat lamp with a 250 watt bulb in it. Okay. Um, and we like... I didn't want just a heat lamp hanging out in the barn that probably would have been fine for a couple days, but now the goats are bouncing way more. Yeah. Um, I didn't want them like bouncing up into it. So this is a good way to give them a spot to go cuddle and be warm if they're cold. Um, with, 
with the light being more stabilized. We also have the actual trash can screwed into the wall. Oh, that way they can't knock it over. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because I'm just like super paranoid. Um, uh, it, it makes sense to be paranoid about barn fires. Like uh, it's, yeah. it's a really difficult thing. You want your animals to be warm enough. Um, you know, and new babies, they don't, they don't have the cashmere boozy, bougie coats yet. So right. um, sometimes depending on what the temperature is, you have to do something, mm-hmm. but you hear everybody yelling like, no heat lamps, no heat lamps. They cause barn fires. We were mm-hmm. like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Because a lot of the other solutions can be really expensive or hard to find right. if you're really rural. Right. So you got to kind of like put in some ingenuity. Redneck ingenuity is what I like <laughs> to call it, even though some people might not like that. Um, but the heater that we got from TSC was like on clearance for like $50. And we actually bought it for the house because we've been having some problems with our furnace. Um, and then when they came out, I was like, screw us, bring that out here. Um, (laughs) because like we didn't, we had like a, a lower wattage bulb at the time in the spaceship, as I like to call it. And it just wasn't warm enough. And like, they weren't strong enough to really walk very far yet. Um, so we just brought that in and kicked it on and it's electric and it's like, it's one of the safer options to have in a barn, but I'm still, like, really paranoid just in general about it. Yeah. Um, but, like, we just – we check it multiple times during the day. There's no hay touching it. It's got plenty of room to take in the air through the back and push out the warm air in the front. And um, I've got it down on the lowest setting now because I'm trying to wean everybody off of that. Um, so we can take it out because you don't want to just shut it off because that will drop the temperature inside too quickly. Yep. Which is bad, which is something you need to consider if you're going to use a heat source like that. You can't just be all willy nilly about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We say that a lot. And, you know, I just discovered something new the other day. I haven't gotten a chance to like really research into it, Um, but they have ceramic bulbs now. Yes. That screw into the actual heat lamp base because I got a bunch of those heat lamp bases. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to try those out this spring because I told my husband we needed meat chickens by february 15th obviously that's not happening quite yet (laughs) because i don't have my shit together um but i'm gonna get a couple of those ceramic bulbs and see how they work um because they're supposed to be a safer option yeah um because just the ceramic kind of like does like a radiant heat thing in Mm -hmm. the area to like warm all the stuff around it and it's not um it doesn't catch hay on fire when (laughs) you know it flies up on top of it and gets too hot so Oh, man. Sorry, I got distracted because Maya's just... You know what I recommend, actually, with this camera thing, like, going back to that? Set it up ahead of time so you just know what your goats are actually doing when you're not looking. Because (laughs) she's laying on the ground on her side and she's got her neck extended out and she's kind of, like, rolling around. And even though I know she's just, like, sleeping, even her doing that weird shit makes me feel like something's wrong. <laughs> just because I don't know how they act. <laughs> yeah, because when I'm in there, they're on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't do their goat things when I'm in the room. Right. They want to hang out with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny. Um... <laughs> so, yeah, I'd recommend uh, just doing that a little while before, just so you can see their normal behavior. <laughs> What a weirdo. 
something else I noticed is that the little baby goats are wearing what looks like old like sweater sleeves, you know, like cut mm, off uh-huh. and made into little coats. Like, what are those? Did you make them? Uh, you know, it, I, I had never seen that before. So it's, I'm curious. it's actually really funny. I think I saw it when I Googled really quick like goat sweaters. But then I was also on Instagram and Mandy from at Wild Oak Farm, she actually had a baby goat the same day I did. Um, And she showed like cutting off the sleeve of a sweatshirt from the elbow. And then what I did was I, I cut them all out. I cut all the sleeves off the sweatshirts. And then I went out and kind of measured them, like held it against the goat to see how long they were. Um, so then I cut it down and then you want to, especially for the boys, uh, and with the umbilical cord too, you want to kind of cut it like a dog sweater almost where it's like covers the chest, but leaves like room for the umbilical cord. So it's not rubbing and for the boys to pee. Um, and then I just like laid the, well, let me back up. You want to have the bottom part be where the seam is on the sweater. And then I flipped it over and flattened it out so the seam was facing me. And then cut little, like, plus signs where their legs should go. And then um, didn't, like, cut round holes or anything. I just, like, cut little plus signs and then slipped them into it. And it worked out great. And we have tons of old sweatshirts that... Matt has that he wasn't using or just don't really fit anymore. Um, so we made a couple of those so we can just swap them out when they get a little poopy or stinky. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I crocheted some really cute goat sweaters for my babies. <laughs> they were a little too big. Uh, they were hard to put on them because, you know, they were crocheted. So everything was, um, you know, like stuck where it was. It wasn't I couldn't exactly like snip or or make any adjustments to it because the yarn would have all unraveled. But the mice got them this year in the barn, so Aww. I had to throw them all out. So I might I I've, I've been trying to figure out what I should do for sweaters. Not like I have pregnant goats or anything, but you know, a but girl can dream, right? <laughs> that is just so much easier. And like I did go on online and find some clearance sweaters. Um, for the babies because I'm going to do a little Valentine's Day shoot. And they were only like $3.50 each. So I just grabbed like six of those in two different colors. Um, Just because like who doesn't like goats and pajamas and stuff anyways, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So have you tried to milk Maya yet? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) I am letting her just keep all the milk to her own babies. I'm keeping an eye on her to make sure like her udder doesn't look uncomfortably full. If it does, then we'll do an attempt. Um, I've been able to like get some out of her just to practice because I've never milked a goat before. So I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I grew up around dairy cows, but this is a lot smaller. Yeah. I was going to say, I've never milked anything before. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I really haven't either uh, because we had like automatic milkers at my grandparents. So it's not like we were out in the barn like on our hands and knees or sitting on a a little bench. So, so yeah, no, I'm, my plan is just to um, let her just nurse them for now because I'm not even prepared to deal with goat milk myself. 
Yeah, have you got your milk stand? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, we are not prepared. But we are going to attempt to do our own CD&T shots. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did get that, and we have the needles and everything, but we're just going to wait to do that um, for a little longer. Um, And then we got to figure out, too, either we're going to call and see if the vet can come out and do the disputting or if we can bring them to the vet's office. Um, Because I'm definitely not prepared to do that step myself yet or the lady that came out and did toots like she came out and did it for like ten dollars um so she wants to come out and we give her like i even give her like 50 bucks to come out and just do those three and just not to have to really take them too far or anything like i'm happy to support somebody that wants to come out and do that and she did a really good job with toots so i feel good about her doing that um for these babies as well yeah, there's a lot that you got to think about when there's new baby goats on the farm. I'm glad you're going to try to do the CD&T shots. It was really dramatic the first time we did it, <laughs> but it really is easy. It's just that the the act of sticking a needle into a, a living thing is a little weird if right, if right. you don't do that on a regular basis. Like, right. And I have I there was a long time with needles, like if people just talked about needles or drawing blood, I would feel woozy. But now it's like, okay, I've been watching videos on the internet of how to do it. And I'm practicing like just pinching and tenting their skin now. So I'm getting used to just that and them feeling me do that to them. Obviously, I'm not stabbing them with a needle yet. But yeah, just so I get more comfortable with the idea of it. Because um, like this is like a really huge step for me to do that. And then I'm going to start with the babies. And then once we get the milk stand, the bigger goats are going to be a little harder to deal with. So yeah. But everybody totally got to do it. Everybody needs it. So yep. <laughs> I just need to put on my big girl panties and do it. <laughs> <sighs> baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. But it, I was really proud of myself for how I handled all this. Matt actually missed all three of them coming out. Um, the first one he missed completely. And then he was like walking back in the barn when the next two came out. So he actually missed it all. And he just kept telling me like, good job, honey. Like, good job. Like multiple times through the day. So like, and for him to express that kind of emotion is kind of rare. Cause he's not, he's kind of like, doesn't talk about feelings or anything or not that he's like mean or anything. I don't know how to describe it, but like, for him to say that multiple times means he was really impressed with me, and that felt kind of nice. And I was impressed with myself, too, because I didn't freak out. Um, it was far less gross than I thought it was going to be. And, like, I just kind of handled it, you know, even with the umbilical cord thing, which I wasn't even mentally prepared to do. Like, it kind of grossed me out a little bit. But <laughs> that was probably the grossest part, actually, which is saying something. <laughs> Yeah, that is saying something, but that's so sweet. And it's, you know, it's, it's a good reminder that like, you know, doing these things together, like as a family is something that's, that's really nice. Like you guys get to share in that and work together in it. And because I mean, relationships aren't easy and life isn't easy, but when you get to just like go back to something so I don't know if primal is the word I want to use, but... But, yeah, I think that's... Primal or even, like... I don't even want to call it basic because it's not basic, but it's very natural. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, to experience something like that together on, like, your farm in the place where you guys built this together 
and you know did all of this stuff leading up to it like i don't i don't, I don't know it i it it stirs some emotions in you and it's it's yeah. really sweet yeah it's stirring emotions in me talking about it i know i'm trying not to cry because i'm like trying not to be a little bitch about it but uh but i did actually like cry after the first one came out and i was like by myself i probably wouldn't if my husband was there because he'd be like really (laughs) but it it was beautiful and it was like holy shit this is happening and she did such a good job with it and she's such a good mama um it's just really cool to see and now my husband's like gosh you know we have such high expectations of like a good mama goat now now that we know what it looks like and he's like gosh you know diana's personality is just different like i hope she doesn't like I hope she doesn't do like a bad job. And I'm like, stop saying that. Like, <laughs> well, you know, if she did a bad job, you'd have bottle babies. You'd exactly. House, house goat bottle babies. And yeah. I mean, so you're prepared for for either way. Yeah. Because you've done that before. Yeah. But it's just like so like everything is just like sort of come to like a, a crescendo of of like this is the moment right now. Cause I mean you've had goats for what like a year now like a year and a like a year and a half ish a little over a year and a half because we got biscuit and maya in june of 2015 no 2017 so it's been yeah it's been a minute yeah and it's just like a good reminder that all of this is like a marathon yeah it's not a sprint like everything takes time and it's okay to do everything slowly and Mm -hmm. even like it doesn't matter how excited you are for the next step just like following them is is important it's part of the process right and we got to last january so i'm seeing all his time hop photos coming up um and he's like a little over a year old so he's he's a young dad um and he does not like being separated from the ladies. But yesterday we, we like put one of the babies up over the wall so he could see it. And he made Aww. a noise and then the baby made a noise. And it was just like, oh, they know. Which I don't know <laughs> if they actually know. But in my head, it's a really cool idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, so now that you have your baby goats, I've been like fervently trying to figure out like <laughs> what to do to get my goats pregnant because <laughs> like I've sort of hit a wall here because um, I don't have any intact goats uh, but I did reach out to Erica the goat chick we uh-huh. interviewed her uh, a couple episodes ago um, the episode is called drink and make goats so if you haven't heard that yet listeners um, you'll want to go listen to it because she's full of all sorts of, of knowledge um, and yeah, she can totally get me some intact bucklings that have the traits that I'm looking for, uh-huh. um, which is super cool, but like, I'm not set up for bucks and because I have registered does, I have to keep really important records on like who bred with whom. Uh-huh. So I can't just go get bucklings and go throw them in there with them. Right. Um, Unless you just want here. like a practice round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have a practice round and they could just all be sold as unregistered and I have no idea who dad is. Yeah. I mean, that could totally work. I've thought about just getting one and breeding them all to the same mm-hmm. dad and then just selling all the kids because I wouldn't um, 
want I, depending on like the genetics and stuff i'd have right. to like really look at whether or not i would keep anyone since they were all bred to the mm-hmm. same person or the same person the mm-hmm. same goat right um but yeah uh something else i started looking into since i can't find a driveway breeder is artificial insemination <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah i could totally do that and then i started digging into it it's super expensive and requires really specific like gear Mm -hmm. and training in order to do it successfully so i don't know i haven't even talked to jared about that but i fell down like a three-hour rabbit hole of artificial (laughs) insemination the other day and like you have to have a nitrous oxide tank and you have to order like straws full of semen from like these semen banks oh my god yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that sounds like really complicated and crazy but i mean it would be good for the podcast (laughs) it would it'd be super good for the podcast yeah i have to decide well because you know like um i can see why people do the artificial insemination if they don't have the setup for bucks but they have good you know like genetics on their farm and they have like a good little you know a side gig selling Nigerian dwarf goats, then it makes financial sense. But like some of these buck semen is like a hundred bucks per straw. Wow. And it might not take right. you know, the first time. And they usually are sold in packs of five straws. And wow. they, they can only be stored for like, well, I think they can be stored indefinitely as long as they're stored properly. Cause they're like, I think I believe it's cryogenically frozen since there's nitrous oxide inside the, the tank. It's like a, it's like a cryo tank type of thing um, that you keep it in. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to avoid breeding them all to the same buck. But if they come mm-hmm. in packs of five canes and I only have four does, like, yeah, it just like I was looking at it, I was like, it's way cheaper just to go pick up a buck. Yeah, <laughs> I actually had somebody message me the day that they were born. They were like, do you have an intact buck on site? Like, and basically asking if I would do stud service. And I was like. I don't think so because like I haven't ha- tested my herd for anything yeah. which I need to do if I'm going to sell any of these guys cuz I'd feel better saying for sure that I know everybody's fine. Yeah. Um another reason I need a milk stand so I can take blood samples. Um and then uh and because I don't know that I'm not comfortable and it's like and if you don't have your herd tested like I'm not comfortable bringing him over I told her like you're really just better off just getting a buck and she's like I don't know that I have the space for it and you know with with the smell and everything you want to make sure like you have the space and you're not like super close to neighbors or anything yeah (laughs) so she's kind of I think struggling with the same thing but it's like I just want to you know protect my little herd and those babies and everybody so it's not like I'm just gonna pimp little toot out right now yeah I mean which is wise that is that is the wise thing to do so I do um everyone is scheduled to get their hooves trimmed again next weekend and I'm gonna look and feel for like the veins and stuff so that Mm -hmm. I can decide whether or not I'm ready to take the blood now or whether or not I need to you know watch a few more videos feel a few more veins make sure that I've got you know what I need but um yeah it's funny like shit's getting real now mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. like this used to just be like a like a really low-key like fun thing but there's there's like real serious stuff that has to be done as well yeah yeah I'm really bummed that I actually didn't have to registered a while ago 
um, because he put out some pretty babies and I don't know much about like conformance right now, but they're all looking pretty good to me based on what I do know. So I'm kind of like, damn it. Um, it's not too late to register him. I'll have to talk to the breeder um, who is also friends with the person that would come over and do the disbudding. I might be like, hey, you know, you told me if I ever wanted to breed toot to let you know. Um, so I can be like, hey, look what he did. Um, and then maybe ask, because I think both of his parents were registered. It's just that he didn't come with papers. We got him when he was a week old. So yeah, as long as she has all the records, um, he can totally be registered. She'll give you the paperwork that you need. She might charge you for it because, you know, yeah. it's like a little, it's a bit of work to put all that stuff together. Right. Um, but it's like, it'd be fine if I can get more money. I mean, they're all bucklings, but they're good and, you know. It could yeah. double what I ask for them, depending on when I, I would really like to keep them all. <laughs> I'm for sure keeping waffles. Um, oh, you are? Good. Yeah. But for the other ones, I'm not sure. Um, and depending on if we register toot or not, like we might, I'd probably, I'm, I'm thinking about keeping waffles intact um, because he's really flashy looking. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also considering even now, like, getting another doe, like, completely separate, you know, from everybody that is currently there. Yeah. Um, to kind of spice things up a little bit. Is Maya registered? Yes. Okay. Yep. yep I haven't sprung the whole, I want another doe to Matt yet. Because <laughs> I'm probably just going to wait a while. Yeah. Um, and then I... And I, I kind of want to wait and see what Diana has, too. Diana is not registered. And it's probably not super responsible of me to have bred her because she does have um, extra teats. Oh, yeah. That's right. So a lot of serious breeders would have actually called her when she was born um, oh. because they don't believe in just selling pet goats, yeah. which I don't feel that way at all. So I want to see, like, what comes out of her. If they're boys, I probably will... Um, You'll weather them all. Yes, because I don't want them passing on those genetics. And then with the female, like, we just wouldn't breed her. Or I would just let them know when I sold her this is in her genetics. Like, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah. But she's not registered. So it's not like they would, you know, be trying to sell and register. You know, she's not registered. So they're not going to be selling those does kids anytime soon for big bucks. And yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's hard. The the ethics that go into breeding animals um, mm-hmm. bring up all sorts of like new things. And I, I can understand why some breeders don't believe in selling pets because pets end up at the shelter. Like, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's sort of amazing the things that human beings are capable of with their pets it's it's really disappointing sometimes so right or even like the situation with cal and diana i they came from the breeder that i got biscuit and Maya from and they were a year old when they came to us and that lady just said that she couldn't take care of them for health reasons yeah i don't know if it was like mental health or something that you couldn't see she seemed perfectly freaking fine to me um, but I could be wrong because I don't know her story. I don't know her life. Yeah. But she could have just gotten tired of it, too. Yeah. I mean, and that's 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 something that can happen with right. pets. She so. lives in a city limit and she doesn't have a large setup 
not that you need alerts set up for goats, but it's like people think baby goats are so cute and they want one and then you tell them they need two <laughs> and then, you know, it, it and they, they become like 75 pound animals. So I can understand kind of the idea of not liking the idea of pet goats. But at the same time, some people just want them on their farm to milk and they don't need something registered and fancy. They just need something that's going to do the job. Yep. And then they just breed their one goat, you know, every year, sell the kids as pets. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But honestly, I could not imagine calling a baby goat. Like, holy crap. Um, the only way I would is if it was something serious, like a serious genetic defect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't be for my, it, it, it wouldn't be for my convenience. It would be because they had something that prevented them from eating properly. Or, right. Yeah. Cause like the, I, I think it's important to keep in mind the life quality of the animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be that person that makes that decision. It's not an easy ethical decision by any means, but you can't just keep animals alive because you aren't capable of of taking their life if it's something right. that is going to continually cause them pain or continually cause them to not to be able to do some basic things. And it can't be corrected, you know, like by prosthetics or there's mm-hmm. all sorts of things you can do. But yeah. Exactly. Those are ethical questions for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to make them right now. <laughs> I would probably take them to a vet and be like, here's uh, the $100 or whatever. Please put them oh, down. Oh, yeah. Because I couldn't, yeah, no, do it myself. Well, that that's a good way to do it because you know that that's painless. So yeah. that's, you're, yeah, you're, you're doing the best thing that, that you know that you can for them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man, we had like so many emotional up and downs this episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. But here we are. And Diana's still laying down and sleeping and, you know, acting like she's not even pregnant. Maybe she's maybe she's just faking the whole thing. Oh, you know what? That Goats do that sometimes. But... Oh, my God, that would be so funny. I'm so excited that you have baby goats, though. We'll talk about whether or not you get to get registered, um, get to registered later. Because if you can register too and you register waffles, I might just wait until the summer and take my goats up there <laughs> and breed the registered ones to waffles. Because that would be a lot of fun. Because we know each other. Or so that makes it easier. <laughs> or you could, you know, just buy one of my bucklings then if they're registered. Oh, yeah. But waffles is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he is pretty fancy. He's pretty fancy, but the other two are adorable. Also, one looked just like Toot to me in one of the pictures. So yeah, um, Eggsy Benedict has—I <laughs> laugh at their names so much—has <laughs> um, like Toot's face when I was looking at older photos, and then oh. Tater Tot has more of the coloring and kind of also similar bone structure. So yeah, Waffles <laughs> just is like a huge mix. Yeah, he both. just he's he's so adorable like the fun colorings are, are are part of the fun too yes well uh coop camp dates have been announced yes and we will be there june 7th through 9th and actually probably like the day before probably not leaving till the day after um but come hang out with us you can go to fadedjeans.tv slash coop dash camp dot html um 
And you can come hang out with your favorite podcasters. We hope that's us. Yes, we sure do. And uh, don't forget to take our survey. You can give us anonymous feedback through that. There is a link to it in the show notes. Yes. And join our Facebook group. Like I mentioned earlier, I put baby goat stuff like late or new breaking news baby goat stuff in there that they all saw first. So go check that out. It's we drink and we farm things over on Facebook. Yeah, I've mostly just been posting funny animal videos that I find on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are good, too. (laughs) I mean, goose parade. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to review us in all the places. Um, Subscribe. And if you really like us um, and you have some space on your phone or device or wherever you listen, hit the download button um, because that helps us uh, get listener counts a little easier if you want to help us out. Yes, and we do sell merchandise. Um, if you want to buy some stuff that I make, you can go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop. If you want to buy some stuff like hoodies and camping cups and shirts, um, we have a separate shop for that right now. It's drinkandfarmmerch.com. Uh, I'm wearing one of the sweatshirts right now because it's basically my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, Other I basically live goats. in those hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And... Send us your farm stories. If you have a story from your farm that you think fellow listeners could laugh at, learn from, or just warm their hearts, we want to hear it. So send them to us via DM on Instagram, or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, and we're going to follow up with the saga of Diana's birth on the next episode. So um, either go join that Facebook group to see the latest and greatest updates, or we'll uh, give you that update on the next episode. So drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, I wasn't ready. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>